today aligns so beautifully with specifically the Great Commission. Make disciples. Everybody say it with me, please. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. So I just encourage you, sometimes we go through um, kind of sacrament without heart, and if you've not understood what water baptism is about, then uh, that will be a very special evening and a number of people will be baptized as we have our worship evening 21 days from today. Yes, indeed, today marks our 21-day fast, the beginning of uh, 21 days of fasting and praying, taking whatever approach you feel the Lord's given you uh, to do so. You know, the Daniel fast fits into the 21-day rendition really well. So if you want to look into what that is, maybe no meats, no sweets, or maybe you're more digital uh, you know, being involved uh, online and that sort of thing might be a fast. Uh, you know, it's, it's not very fair just to fast um, Brussels sprouts. How many of you know? You shouldn't just fast Brussels sprouts. So what this should be is something that you miss. And in those moments when you miss it, you think about, I want that, but I want something more. You know, Tracy and I uh, went to a, a meeting once, a minister's gathering, and a um, big group of people there, and we're sitting at this table, and I had uh, committed to a fast, and they sat down these amazing cupcakes right in front of us. I'm not talking, I mean, it was like a cupcake from Satan trying to get me to break a fast type of thing, like big glob of frosting, which is, you know, heaven to me. I throw the muffin away and eat the frosting. So there's this big, I'm looking at this, and I remember just sitting there just thinking, why would you put that in front of me? You know, how many of you know every time you say I'm gonna fast, all of a sudden somebody says, I wanna take you to a steak dinner tonight, right? And so it was that moment for me, and I, I remember just sitting there, I kinda leaned into that cupcake. And I thought, boy, you would taste so good if I ate you right now. And I, I really pondered how much I wanted it. I, I just thought about it. I reflected on it in that moment, how much I wanted it, but how much I want something so much more. That's the whole concept of when we get in a, a posture of just sacrificially kind of consecrating ourselves just to listen more clearly. So I want to encourage you to take some time. We actually have... Um, a structure that we've laid out. These little handouts are out, uh, are back there in the back. I grabbed one by the communion station there um, behind this middle row uh, section. But what you'll see is a day, a seven day layout. What we want to do is focus in. We're not just trying to practice not eating. What we're trying to do is engage on another level spiritually. So there's a focus each day. We've written a few verses and an itemized uh, focal point for us as a church family. So if you would grab one of those, also these uh, bracelets are there just as a reminder. You can pick one of these up right outside in the lobby. Uh, and so just you'll have that on your wrist all through the course of these 21 days if you'd like to have that. And uh, we're just trying to make it easier for you to remember that which we feel is something really important. Let me explain why this is so important. Um, there's something really radical that happened in the late 1940s. I don't know if you know, but Israel became a nation in 1948. There began to be an unfolding of something, kind of an awakening taking place right before that, 1947. In fact, uh, major names, I could, I could go through a whole long list of names that you would know. Just a few of them are Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, T.L. Osborne, Gordon Lindsay, Billy Graham, Bill Bright, and many, many others emerged in that era of time just within a few years there. 
And these are world-transforming ministry. These individuals started having tent revivals, started filling stadiums. There was a major uh, wave of healing and salvation that broke out. Uh, people have referenced that as the latter rain revival that's taken place. I mean, it was amazing. What was it that caused all of a sudden? How many of you would like to see that today? Can I just say you'd like to see that today? What was it that caused that in that day? And it was kind of wild when you go back and look at history. This has just really stricken me. But in 1945, the horrific uh, scenario of the atomic bomb was introduced to our world. And in 1946, you realize all this began happening, 47, 48. In 1946, a guy named Franklin, Franklin Hall wrote a book called The Atomic Power with God Through Fasting and Praying. And what happened, this horrific analogy really gripped believers all around the world and the book tie-in started a movement of fasting and prayer are you hearing what i'm saying in 1946 a movement of fasting and praying like extended fasts and prayer uh you know like days sometimes weeks of no food just water many believers thousands of christians all over begin to fast and pray isn't it interesting right after this movement of fasting and praying all heaven seemed to open up and the kingdom of god began to advance in the earth you know what i think sometimes we're saying god i hope you move in the earth god i hope you do something great in our city god i hope you do something amazing in my family and god is looking at us and saying i hope you'll do something great in your city i hope you'll do something great in your family do you understand he's the light of the world and we're the light of the world somehow there's a cooperation of being the light and embracing the light and doing our part. So I just encourage you, let's believe God for breakthrough. We as a family have power and authority. And when we're fasting and praying, it kind of activates and awakens a greater awareness of what that authority really is about. It's wild to me as I kind of looked at this after our 21 days, and then we're going to have that worship night and baptism just two weeks after that. Uh, Steve Upple is going to be coming from England, and uh, Steve is just a fascinating guy, leads a ministry work there that's now become a movement. Entire denominations have come to him and said, we want to come under this movement. Uh, he's traveling so much now that he's not able to answer invitations for the most part. But he is an external elder to this house. He is a part of our church government. And he's going to be coming in for that weekend. And I just want to invite you to be prepared. You can, again, in the lobby, you can get signed up for this. But the Fuel the Fire weekend is going to start on that Friday, March the 6th. How many of you expecting God to do something amazing in this season? Isn't it exciting about the Roaring Twenties? I'm excited about that, but I want us to know what our role is in that, not just sitting back and waiting for God to do something, but really stepping in to everything God's providing. So we're going to take two days for that Fuel the Fire event uh, on February 6th and 7th, and then on the 8th, he'll remain and be here with us in service. And uh, I just want to encourage you, let's really receive all God wants us to receive in that time, in that weekend, but also as a part of our church government, let's give all that God wants us to give. I encourage you, at the end of our Sunday service, we'll invite everybody to find the giving stations or give online. We want to bless and release something in that movement. How many know it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? It's good to receive because you can't give what you don't have. But when the Lord blesses you, allow him to begin to expand that in your life and release something powerful. Make disciples. That's what we're trying to do. What we've learned is healthy uh, I want to make sure I get the statement right. Spiritually healthy disciples naturally make disciples. Spiritually healthy disciples naturally make disciples. I really believe God's dealing with us right now in this season on what it is to be spiritually healthy. I believe God wants us to go deeper. 
God doesn't want activity, spiritual activity. He wants something of productivity, where we're engaged in what God's revealing, cooperating and participating the way God desires for us to cooperate and participate and truly release something substantial in the earth. Spiritually healthy disciples naturally make disciples. This is part of why we we just believe when we're healthy, we begin to multiply. And this is exactly what we're sensing God is speaking. How many of you know God's stirring for us to explore what it is to express another service in another location? Spiritually healthy disciples naturally begin to multiply. And so I just, I want to ask you, there's several things that I need to say right now. And I want to ask you to really engage with me on a level of trying to explore what God's wanting to reveal in this. And I'm just going to kind of bullet point lay out some things. As a family, we need to get this. God wants you to be spiritually healthy. On a scale of 1 to 10, do you feel like you're spiritually well? There are other elements of health and wellness that we need to focus in on too, but first and foremost, come on, your spiritual wellness. Are you where you need to be? And what we want to do is help people step into a greater awareness of the spiritual wellness God desires for us to have. That's why the epidemic of pornography in our society has to be something we address. Would you agree? I'd like a hearty amen. Would you agree? This is a huge issue. I think you're going to begin to see the movement of God in the day in which we live where many churches are going to start to emerge and address the epidemic of pornography. And so I want to just invite you, uh, men, we are launching an uh, initial five-week focus that's going to start on February the 16th at 1.30, on Sunday afternoon, 1.30, and we're going to start into a five-week emphasis where we're providing a support group, also information for you. If you may not need a support group for this, but you want to learn about how to help others in this regard, then we want to invite you on the 16th, right after Valentine's Day. What a great gift to give your family, to get your heart in a proper posture before the Lord. I just want to say thank you to Aaron Bud, who'll be spearheading that effort. And I just say to you, Aaron, you're a mighty man of God. You've stepped forward and you've said that you've chosen to step into a place of being unbroken and really complete, more so the way God's designed you to, and you want to help other men do it. And we just want to honor you as your church family and tell you we love and appreciate you. Thank you for your courage. Sometimes you've just got to step up. And this is not just a men thing. How many of you know that's true? There's, we were providing and working also on providing a support group for women. And what I want to ask you to do is if you are interested, ladies, we need to know so that we can help provide that um, structure. We've got individuals that are planning, preparing this. So fill out a connect card if you would or text DESTINY to 474747. Get that to your phone so that you can write uh, in there that you would be interested in attending, would like more information. Uh, We want to try and provide this for everybody. Listen, we want you to be spiritually healthy. I want to be spiritually healthy in my own life. And I'm evaluating and asking the Lord to help me with a greater understanding, a deeper revelation of really what that's all about. So please take a moment and uh, let us know. Reach out. Make sure you mark it clearly because I'm going to ask you for several things to fill out a Connect card today. So make sure you're marking clearly as we walk this out. And I believe God wants to stir some things deep within our heart. If you're interested in water baptism, then that's how you do it. Fill out a Connect card or that Sunday night, just be here, 5 o'clock, right here in this room for uh, some conversation prior to. 
Uh, one, one more statement on fasting. How many of you actually are planning to do, participate in the 21-day fast in some regard? You've, you've thought about this and you are participating, okay? Here's the thing, and I don't think I have it on your notes because I wrote it down afterward, but I want you to, uh, to think about this, maybe write it on your notes. It's a great statement. Fasting fathers and mothers. I'm talking in the spiritual family. Fasting fathers and mothers have the unique capacity to unleash a generation of double portion sons and daughters. Fasting fathers and mothers have the unique capacity to unleash a generation of double portion sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. You would activate something within us that we would understand that you are the hope of our world and you have designed this plan in such a way that we are the hope of our world as we cooperate with you. Help us to understand, Lord, that our hope is Jesus and Jesus' hope is us. And today, Lord, we want to know how to effectively make disciples and see your kingdom expand in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Spiritually healthy disciples naturally make disciples. Isaiah 61 is such a powerhouse portion of Scripture. Isaiah makes this bold declaration. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Anybody here believe the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you right now? Come on, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. And I want you to hear what he's saying. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. God has anointed Isaiah to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release darkness for the prisoners. Now, here's the vitally important component that you need to understand this shift from Isaiah's proclamation, gift, and anointing to the people that we're talking about, the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, and the prisoners. Anybody ever been poor, brokenhearted, captive, prisoner before? Can I just hear amen? How many of you have been set free by the power of God Almighty? Thank God for his freedom in our lives. They will be oaks of righteousness. Who? This is not saying, Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now I'm going to proclaim good news. I'm going to be the oak of righteousness. That's not what he's saying. He's saying God is going to redeem, God is going to restore, and God is going to release. And those poor, brokenhearted captives, prisoners, they will be oaks of righteousness. I want you to know God has a plan for your life, and it is a substantial plan to establish you as a mighty trophy of grace. Come on, your past is not something you should be ashamed of or hide. It's actually something God wants to use so that other people can hear your story and your past doesn't have to become their future. They will be called who? They? Who are they? That's us. We've heard the word of the Lord. It's awakened within us. They will be called the oaks of righteousness. Let's just go ahead and translate this. We. We will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 
We will rebuild the ancient ruins, and we will restore the places long devastated, and we will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. We are the hope of humanity when we cooperate with the power of God as revealed in Jesus Christ. There is more in us than we realize exists because God has deposited these things within us and the enemy wants to hijack us and keep us living such distracted, spiritually unhealthy lives that we never understand what it is to multiply and produce something of power and anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage in the lives of those around us, not just ours but others as well. They are brokenhearted, poor, captives, prisoners, but the word of the Lord comes and activates them into the work of the Lord. God used Isaiah to preach and declare the word of the Lord, and God used the broken, downhearted people to be activated into the work of the Lord. Anybody in the place ready to move into the work of the Lord? This is the work of God in the earth. 99, the reason this is so important, the reason I'm so passionate about this today is because 99% of the people who are going to come into congregational gatherings this weekend all around the world are not going to stand up on a platform and preach a sermon. And for some reason, in so many people's minds, we undervalue the gift that's not the loudest. How many of you know actions speak louder than words? I don't know if you get this or not, but the people are more powerful than the preacher. There's nothing I can say that you don't embody that you can't walk out to carry the anointing into your world. Did you hear me say the anointing of God destroys every yoke of bondage, everywhere we walk? Listen, I'm not just talking about this idea of church here. I, I have to walk this out as a Christian. When I encounter people as a Christian, I'm not trying to act like a pastor. I just want to walk in the anointing in my everyday life like a normal human being, just like you. That is the call of God. Jesus walked through the earth, and he was normal. He was human. He was relatable. He was connectable. The people that were not religious liked him. The people that were religious hated him. Are you like Jesus? Oh, that's a challenging, challenging question. Because our tendency and our inclination is to extract ourselves from this nasty society called the world and get over here clustered together. And if it weren't for all those bad people, then what could God do in our world? If the people that just didn't know how to vote could vote like they ought to vote, then boy, would we really... Do you understand you're making excuses and it is doctrinally not sound? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, all heaven will break loose in earth and all hell will be on the run. It is easier to cast blame than it is to take responsibility. All the bad people, if they just know. The Bible doesn't say anything about the bad people. It says if my people, you be responsible for you. John 15, 8, Jesus said, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. How do you show yourself to be a disciple of Jesus? Bear much fruit. What is he saying? Spiritually healthy disciples naturally multiply, naturally make disciples. 
spiritually healthy disciples. Jesus didn't come so we can have and enjoy vacation. Let's just have a little cultural conversation so we can get into some countercultural ideology that Jesus came to introduce. I just facing the grind every day, just walking through the grind, dealing with what I got to deal with. Boy, I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the week. If I can just get to the weekend and get through this grind, well, if we can just go on a vacation, I can just get out of this grind. Jesus didn't come so you could have and enjoy vacation. Jesus came so you could have and enjoy life. Maybe you need to step back from having an attitude that says life sucks and the weekend is great and into an, an idea and understanding. I actually carry life and I have something to offer to the world around me. Now that will change everything about your life. I'm feeling feisty today. I love it when God's in a mood. God's moods are on purpose. And I believe he's in a mood to address apathy that exists in our lives out of deception, making room for apathy if we will not be deceived and we will stop with our little inward mindset. I don't know if you understand, when I start talking about another service in another location, the enemy tries to get in your mind and in your brain and in your heart and start saying, well, I really like what we have. I really don't want any change. I really, how many of you want to see the whole city saved? I really like what I have, though. I mean, I want to see the city saved, but I really don't want to have to pay a price. We need every one of you involved. We need those who feel called to stay, to be so overwhelmed by the support and the strength that we have here that you can stay. And we need those that feel called to go. You, we're so overwhelmed by the support and the strength we have, we can go. And we have no concern about going and no concern about staying because our goal is to see the kingdom of God expand as a result. The Bible says whoever goes out, their reward is great, and those who remain, their reward is great. I don't know what all this is about. I don't know what all God has in mind, but let me just say, whatever Jesus wants to do with his church, I'm in. Jesus didn't come so you could have and enjoy vacation. Let's make it to church. Make church the best place we can possibly love. And and have our vacations and and, and, and then, you know, this becomes the way we sculpt our lives. Whatever happened to the cross at the center of the kingdom that Jesus had to die on and he asked us to die on our own cross as well. Your life assignment is significant. You need to understand this. Jesus didn't die so you could merely go to church. (laughs) Your life assignment is significant. He died to activate and awaken something in you that will transform society around you. If you want to know true life, watch people's lives be transformed as a result of your surrendered available life, then you'll understand what real life is all about. And depression from being so bored will really start to just fade away because you've discovered what it is to be a purposeful saint of God, a disciple who's spiritually healthy, making disciples and seeing his kingdom expand. See, there's something God wanted done that makes you necessary. There's something God wanted done that makes you necessary. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not an accident. You're not an experiment. You are a purposed assignment from God. He put forethought and predestined perspectives into your existence. Your mom and dad may not have planned you, but God planned you. There's something God wanted done that made you necessary. That's why you were born. That's why we're so bent on focusing in this year on the 20 points of impact. We want to see the roaring 20s be launched into a decade. I think we're just going to have to launch a a sermon series on Easter Sunday and call it the roaring 20s. How many know that would be a great way to start out of Easter? Come on. 
I think Tracy's just spoken into me. I, I've heard the Lord, everybody. I love when the Holy Spirit and my wife cooperate. It was funny. She gave that analogy. She's like, I was saying this, saying this, and, and, and everybody's like, hold on. And I turned around to row two over here, the, the row two brats, and I said, that's true. And, and they all started laughing, and, and, and then I turned back around, and I realized then she starts using the illustration. This is like God. She just said, I'm like God. She said, that's why she was like God. I don't know if you caught that or not, but... <laughs> Twenty points of impact in the year 2020. We're wanting to establish 20 actionable expressions that produce societal transformation. And we want to talk about what those are. Next week, Pastor Chris is going to be going into some explanation of what some of those things are. I believe another service, another location becomes a point of impact. How many of you agree? Societal transformation will result in Jesus' mighty name. I want to share with you one of those 20 points of impact that we're embracing this year on a brand new level. And I want to honor Austin and Dana Davis in this process. They're row three over here on my left. We honor you guys. There's a picture. Uh, they really have a wonderful story. You put that first picture up, please. I want everybody to see your cute and handsome faces. This is amazing, and this is a significant moment. I, I robbed your Facebook page. Uh, this is a significant moment because the journey that they have been on, I want to give you a little bit of an explanation. First, I want to go back from before this moment when they're standing in the courts and they're walking through the process of, of fostering, adopting, and what that all looks like. But Dana didn't grow up in church with her family, and it's been interesting as we've been uh, talking you can put the, take the picture down. I want everybody to look at me now. I'm not, as, I'm not as handsome as Austin. He's got a little more hair than I do. Uh, Dana didn't grow up in church with her family. In fact, her father told her uh, that he was actually an atheist not too long before she convinced him to come try out destiny. <laughs> And they, they don't live in Oklahoma City, but when they came in town to visit, they came. He was in excruciating pain in his back. And during worship, he was seated, and she wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to remain because his back was hurting so bad. This has been kind of a lifelong issue with him many years. And, uh, and she's freaking out. She was telling me recently, she said, I felt like God was telling me, lay hands on him <laughs> and pray for him. I know if your dad tells you he's an atheist and then you want to lay hands on him and pray for him, you are asking God to do something in that moment. And that's what she said. If there was any ounce of anything God was ever do through my life, let it be right now. And she placed her hand on his back and began to pray. And she said something popped in his back so strong she could feel it. And he suddenly stood up to his feet and has not complained to back pain since that day a few years back now. How you know that'll, that'll affect your uh, decision to believe. And I just love that God's at work in all of our lives and all of our families and uh, Austin and Dana have been involved in, in serving their church family and relationships they've formed in the course of this time have led one connection to another. How you know that's just how God works? And ultimately, uh, in their journey, they felt the Holy Spirit was saying to them that they were to be involved in fostering and then uh, adopting as a process of that progression. But in that journey, they began to learn a lot of things about people's needs that are in the foster care system. 
And, you know, it's just the situation when you become aware of the needs of people around you and you actually just try and figure out a way to practically help the people who have needs around you, you become a lot like Jesus in the moment. And that really is what began to happen. And now they've taken a very pronounced role in a very important ministry that we're introducing to you today. Uh, and this is called Care Portal. And the best way to explain is for you to watch a video that they have online. Um, but I want you to see a little bit of what's taking place and then we're gonna talk just a little more of how we can be engaged. Such a great perspective and the essence of this works this way. You would subscribe to get notifications when there are needs so that you can immediately begin to pray. And if you have access, when the grandmother suddenly has taken on the four grandchildren that she wasn't expecting to take on and she doesn't have four beds, maybe you have access to beds, you're able then to contact Austin, Dana, and uh, help provide that, make sure those get into the right place. You know, last year, we had an economic impact through them, through their uh, love for this and expression for this ministry. We as a church family had an economic impact of more than $50,000 in these places of great need. Come on, I think we ought to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that. That is wonderful. And it was so bizarre to me how uh, we met and the story just deserves to be told over and over because again, uh, Dana didn't really grow up in church so church wasn't a big thing with her. Uh, but some people had invited the two of them to go to church and it was a church not far from here that will remain unnamed for obvious reasons you'll understand in a moment. But they went to the wrong church. They actually came here when they were supposed to go there. And they came into this church and they found such a contagious, warm, enthusiastic embrace that it was refreshing, like Dana not having a lot of church history there. You know, it was like, wow, this is really great. And then they realized, oh no, we're at the wrong church. And so then they went to the right church. And when they went to the right church, the greeting was far different than, they, than what they had received here. And they realized they had gone to the wrong church and then they went to the right church, but the right church was like the wrong church and the wrong church was like the right church. They left that church, came back here. They've been here ever since. Come on. Thank God. <laughs> and over the course of time, relationships form a heart of compassion. They've just been serving, leading community groups, serving in our tech team, uh, doing so many things. And, uh, and our final picture of them, I just wanna say thank you, Austin and Dana, for inspiring us on so many levels of life and ministry, your marriage, your family. We love you and we honor you and bless you today. Be careful what you put on Facebook because when I talk about you at church, the pictures show up. <laughs> Write this in if you would as your last blank. Don't ask God to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet. Lazy faith is just so prevalent in every single one of us. Let me just stand at the front of the line and say, lazy faith is prevalent in every single one of us. And you know, none of us have this all figured out. Nobody's ever going to stand up here as a part of our teaching team and say, well, I'm the expert. I figured this out. Now you can follow this. That, that's not the way this thing works. We're all standing before the Lord. None of us become master teachers. All of us are on a journey to hopefully become advanced learners that can then help bring impartation in the body of Christ. But it is really important that we be on this journey and we're willing to move our feet and be a part when God begins to move our heart. And this year, 20 points of impact are coming. Do you understand what that means? 
we can't just come to church business as usual. We've got to find that which God is birthing in our hearts so we can be moved by compassion into a place of making ministry happen as we're cooperating with the heart of God. Just amazing to think about how God had orchestrated all this to take place. And, and by the way, this church family exists. I, I don't mind talking about this because it's an important part of what we do. This church family exists because we as a church family give and our tithes to the church family are what allow us to function and exist to be able to embrace couples like this to help them find a deeper sense of purpose. How many know that's the body of Christ? So I would encourage you to make sure that you're being very faithful with, your, uh, with the way you love, with the way you serve, and with the way you give. If you're interested in being a part of this, then I would invite you. In fact, if you have your phone, uh, why don't you show me your phone? You got your phone. Everybody has this little apparatus. You see this on the screen all the time, but would you mind just taking a moment and text DESTINY to 474747 so it'll give you that message back and you can take a look at the little connect card online. Just if you, if you text that DESTINY to 474747 then that'll splash back to your phone. And if you have any question about water baptism, baby dedication, if you say, you know what, what's this internship about? Do you know how many married uh, interns we have this year with children? Maybe some of you need to consider, listen carefully, some of you may need to consider being a part of our internship this coming fall. Our Leadership Institute, man, we're so delighted that uh, A.T. Hargraves is leading the charge in leadership training and, and our institute, a discipleship on an entirely different level. If you're interested in that, target that there. If you want to be contacted about Care Portal, then put that in there. Contact us. Let us know. We want to see the body of Christ step into a new dimension of effectiveness as we truly understand what it is to effectively disciple others. Hope is not a strategy. If I ask, how many of you hope to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus? We would all say yes. How many of you hope God will use you mightily this year? We would all say yes. But understand, hope is not a strategy. You have to do more than hope. Hope is a big part of getting your heart full of anticipation and expectation. Take care of yourself so that you are spiritually full. But don't just focus on being spiritually full. Focus on being spiritually uh, postured to give out and just create a flow for God to fill up. Come on, let's just stand together. Let's just posture ourselves in that place. I just feel that the Lord is just very instrumentally involved in this conversation this morning. When I, when I look across this group, I just begin to see God activating things in some of you very specifically, just stirring an appetite on purpose. There are things that God's wanting to awaken. There's a reason God brought you here, not on accident, that you just show up and all of a sudden we connect. And There's a reason. God's, God's purposing some specific things right now. I felt like, you know, the Lord, the, God says in his word, I've made your mouth like a sharp sword. When you take my words in your mouth, your, your mouth becomes like a sharp sword. And while we were in worship, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I'm taking your mouth and moving it from being a sword today to being a scalpel. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news. 
that the prisoners and the captives, those that are broken, would be replenished, restored, redeemed, and released to transform this world. I thank you for the anointing in this room. I thank you for the presence of God that we freely experience because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord Jesus, to become that expression to the world around us. In the name of Jesus, come on, just with your eyes closed, your hearts open wide. If you're here and you say, I am not right with God, maybe you've never prayed to receive Christ, to open that doorway and initiate that relationship. Maybe you have and you've strayed away. Whatever that is, if you know you're not where you need to be in your relationship with God, then would you just slip your hand up really high? I want to just see you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Just quickly. Thank you. Fill us up, Lord. Thank you. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord, to overflowing. Lord, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to understand what it is to function in every gift. We need to understand what it is, Lord, to flow freely in the direction, Lord, that you have for our lives as a way of life, understanding the anointing as a way of life. So we acknowledge, first and foremost, it begins in a posture of salvation where we embrace the cross of Christ and the redeeming eternal value that exists within that expression. Jesus, you are who you say you are. You're the Savior of the world, and we need you as our Lord and Savior. If you agree with that, say amen. We receive that today, Lord. Now fill us to overflowing. Help us, Lord to understand the call of God that exists within our lives. Take us deeper. Help us to become more of the expression of your love that you have designed us to be in powerful and profound ways. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. The last thing I just want to say, and we're going to just take a few moments into a posture of worship before we conclude. Worship is part of our congregational assignment at the conclusion where we have something stirred in our hearts. We want to take that and, in a sense, manufacture and express something out of what God's deposited within us. It's powerful when we're full of faith and we bring the same declaration. Do you understand that our worship is intercession, that we're actually, that's the only time we're all saying the same thing in the same sense of rhythm and expression, and we're releasing something of God's kingdom in unity like no other time in the whole service. So understand the value of that. But if you've ever sat in a car when the car was not running and tried to turn the wheel, you know it's very difficult to do that. I know, uh, you know, modern day vehicles, you couldn't do that anyway, but I remember being my grandfather's truck when I was a kid once and I kept trying to turn the wheel and it's almost impossible to turn the wheel of a vehicle that's not moving. But when that vehicle starts moving, that same wheel that you couldn't turn could actually be turned by your finger. And my point is this, it's very hard for God to guide us when we're unwilling to move. But if we'll start moving, 
then you'll start to sense the guidance and the direction and the steering of the Lord in your life. So your action point this week, I want to ask you to get moving. Reach out to three specific people in a very specific way to encourage them this week. Understand Jesus came to rescue us all and empower us by his spirit to be a part of his rescue efforts in the earth. So here we are, Lord. Send us. We are your people. You have called us to be the expression of your life and your love. I thank you, Lord. You're helping us to understand that more and more every step of the way. In Jesus' name.